Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Woman podcast. Every two weeks, we'll post a podcast version of one of our free training videos, but you can access them now at beyondordinarywomen.org. This episode or series includes downloadable information on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. Go to resources on the main menu and click on podcast slash video extras. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, and I'd like to welcome you to the third video in our series on trustworthy resources. Our guest is Donka Spalding once again, and I will leave it to you to read her bio on our website at beyondordinarywomen.org. And, but I will say that Nika is the resident theologian in her church, the church staff that she's on at St. Jude Oak Cliff. And she is passionate about truth and theology and what God teaches in his word. And so she is sharing with us about trustworthy resources. And this third video is, in the last video she mentioned that the core truths were the things that distinguish us as Christians and that you have to believe in those core truths mm-hmm. to, to be a believer at all. Yeah. And so we want to talk now about how do we know their core truths? Yeah. How do we know which truths are so essential that it makes the difference in whether we could really call ourselves as a Christian yeah. or not. Yeah, I love that because you might think it's arbitrary. You know, I get a title resident theologian and suddenly I become the gatekeeper of Christianity <laughs> and I pick the seven things that go in and I pick what, you know, and, and which isn't true. And I should clarify too, those seven things inside the essentials faith, I'm not even saying that people can articulate them. What I am saying is people learn about them. They can't reject them. So, you know, when a five-year-old gives their life to Christ, I don't expect them to be able to say the term hypostatic union, which is fully God, fully man. But as you grow in your faith and you learn these things, we shouldn't reject these doctrines. And so then the big question is, well, where do we get them from? You know, and, and really there's this seminal beginning of our faith in 1 Corinthians 15, where you see Paul is passing under the church of Corinth, who's confused some things in the faith. And he's telling them, I have passed on to you what I have received, things of first importance. And he talks about the resurrection. He talks about the atonement. And he goes so far as to say, look, there are witnesses to his resurrection. If you don't believe me, go ask them. I mean, it's a historical faith that we believe in. And so early on, early in our scriptures, we begin to see the importance of holding on to a view of the atonement, holding on to the view of the resurrection. And then as our faith went on in church history, people began to talk about, well, what is Jesus really like? Or what is the Trinity? or what? And so brilliant men who had the Holy Spirit inside of them because they're believers began to have these counsels. And certainly men are fallen, but I believe that God, through His grace and through His goodness, began to form creeds for us, began to form sayings that we've said throughout church history. I mean, these things are 1,600 years old, 2,000 years old. They are, they are things that Christians all over the globe for millennia have said, this is what it means to be a Christian. And so the Apostles' Creed is a beautiful one where he talks about who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, who the church is. Um, I go to a particular church now where we say the Nicene Creed every every weekend. And what I love about it is so you may go, why well, I, I, the Trinity? I don't know. Is is the Holy Spirit really a person? Is he really a part of the Trinity? And and when you get to the part in the Nicene Creed that talks about the, the Holy Spirit, it says the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. And here is this very clear statement that the early church early on said, no, in the, the same word Lord that we use for Yahweh God, that we, for the Father, Yahweh Jesus, the Savior, is the same word that we're using for the Spirit, that we believe 
in the Trinity, that we believe in the church, that we believe that Jesus was wholly begotten by God. He's not a creature. He wasn't made. He was begotten by the Father. And all these really rich theological understandings that ground us in our faith, we have a tradition that we belong to. And so the competing voices are often new. They're modern, right? And so sometimes I imagine modern readers might feel the need to say something that hasn't been said before. And how you do that after 2,000 years of church history is remarkable to me, if nothing short of God giving them a message. But I think sometimes in our need to be modern and new, that maybe we get really close to saying things that go against what we've always believed. And, and so one of the things I would say is sometimes it's not cool in culture today to believe some of the things that we believe that and and we believe some miraculous things yeah. that dead men come back to life and that we look forward to that day when we will all come back to life that those who call on the name of the Lord will be resurrected in newness of life and um, well and everybody gets resurrected and there's a judgment day we we believe that there's a winnowing that we believe that there is a heaven and a hell we believe these things these crazy things that much of the world tells us you know nobody nobody believes those things anymore and what I would tell people is it can feel lonely, it can feel isolating, or it can feel a little silly. And what I would tell people is there is great encouragement that we can take by knowing we belong to a tribe, a family, a kingdom that is much older than any other tribe and kingdom that most people can claim. And, and, and you know, people go, well, I'm part of this new group. And I'm like, going, well, I'm part of an ancient one whose roots are going all the way back to the beginning when God created all of this. And so there's great comfort in knowing you may feel like you're alone, maybe a little bit like Elijah felt in the in the Bible when he feels like he's the only one following the Lord. And God tells him, you're not the only one. One, there are saints that have gone before you. And two, there are saints today who, who hold to these things. And so I think it's important that we understand this is a deeply rooted Christian faith that's based in history that we believe in that gives us confidence to hold on to these essentials. And so... And then I would just say on a practical note, you know, one of the things when I was a women's minister that I would do for my women is as people are learning this theology, sometimes it's still a little bit, okay, so he's the Trinity, but so what? Does this book, does this book not count? Does it count? And what I would just recommend for leaders anywhere is begin to create a resource guide for your women, for your men, for your people. These are these are authors we trust. The, you mentioned Tim Keller earlier. He's on my trusted authors list. You know, there are, Jen Wilkin is on my trusted authors list, and, and there are other that and then books that that people can read and then and then I would just say encourage your people to read old dead people you know books that have stood the test of time books that you know for 1500 years we've said that's a good book you know if, if one of your people picks up Jonathan Edwards I'm not gonna be worried about that it stood the test of time if somebody picks up Augustine I'm not gonna be worried about that um, and then I would say a great thing that we can do, I think that encourages me and my faith, is to begin to study church history. Um, and I know that there are many Bible studies out on it. I know that people are starting to talk about it more and more. There's a book by Mark Knoll called Turning Points. And I think what it, it did for me, at least, and I hope it does for others, it's this deeply encouraging thought that I'm not a fool for believing this, that people for millennia, millions, billions of people have believed this, these, these essential truths. And it grounds me in my faith in such a way that I go, even if the world were to mock me and laugh at me, and they won't because God's remnant, God's people are everywhere. But even if it feels like I'm the only believer in my family, the only believer at my work, the only believer in my friend group, I belong to a kingdom and to a family that is bigger than, than my friend group, that's bigger than my family, that's bigger than my workplace, that is ancient, that is old, that's grounded in reality, and it encourages me to know that I belong to that group. And when I belong to them, we all hold to these same essentials, and when we get to heaven, we'll go, it was true, it was true, and we're so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Well, I love the way that you said that your church says 
the did they said the Apostles' Creed or the, oh, Nicene, the, Nicene, the Nicene, Nicene Creed? Yeah. Because when I'm in a church that does that on mm -hmm. Sunday, I get that sense of all of us here are united yeah. in, in these beliefs. Yeah. But it's not just us. There are churches around the globe on this Sunday morning yeah. that are saying these same words because they believe them too. Yeah. And it just binds us all together. I get that feeling of not being so alone that you can that. feel when you're not with people who agree. Yeah. But, it, but it's something about saying the words yeah. of what we actually believe yeah. that is just very unifying to me. I love that. Last night we happened to have a Nash Wednesday service at our church and I kicked us off with a call and response from the New Zealand Book of Common Prayer just because we love the way that they use simple language yet profoundly and beautifully. And when, I, when we got done as a church body where we're declaring our love for God, I just told my people, does it not encourage you that there are people that call themselves Kiwis all across the world, different time zones, certainly different hemisphere, that are united with us in our faith, that are saying the same thing, that we're all declaring the same thing together. And it's a beautiful thing to wash theology over us every week. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Nika, for sharing all yeah. of this with us. And again, we will have a document that you can download on our website at beyondordinarywomen.org. Go to the resources and then the leadership page, and we will have all of these videos uh, linked there. And we will also have the document that you can download that will have her circles that she talked about mm -hmm. in the last video, as well as um, some of the outlines of what she's talked about in all three of these videos. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.